Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today, a trio of young men that I love having on the show because I really love what they do. They're the Midas touch. So with us are, no, no, it's not about money. Well, it could be. With us are Jordy, Brett, and Ben. And boy, tell me, I, how do I pronounce the last name? Because I'm going to screw it up. Mycellus. Mycellus. So Jordy, uh, Brett, and Ben Mycellus are with us. It's Just Ask the Question, and we'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today, a trio of young men who have put together, well, the Democratic version of basically the Lincoln Project. And uh, you, if you haven't seen their videos, you've got to see Midas Touch videos. They're absolutely funny. Well, they're good, too, and very informative. And I'm, it's a pleasure to have them here today. So please uh, welcome Jordy, Brett, and Ben. And I guess since the title of this show is Just Ask the Question, and you all, I'll start with Ben. Ben, how the hell did you all, or why the hell did you decide to do what you're doing? We were pissed off. We're not, we don't have a... <laughs> no, tell us what you really think. <laughs> we, we don't have a political background. We had no ambitions of going into politics. My background is a lawyer. Brett's an editor. Jordy's a marketer. We were home as COVID struck our shores. We were watching these Donald Trump, I guess you call them press conferences, but they were oh. propaganda fests of how to spread COVID, not how to stop it, and how to commit genocide against your own people. And we were just fed up and we felt we had to do something. Um, so we started making these videos. We never knew it was going to get this big um, yeah, at huge. the time, but um, but that's how it started. Just three pissed off brothers wanting to do something because doing nothing wasn't an option. Um, Brett, you brought the editing uh, to the fore. What what when did you decide? Hey, maybe this is something we can do, and and people will will care about it enough to to tune in. Brian. I never in a million years thought I'd be doing anything in politics ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I mean, I moved out to LA to be in the film and TV industry and which is what I've done for the past decade since I've lived here. I, I went to USC film school. I graduated. I worked for the Ellen DeGeneres show for over five years. I ran their editing department for their digital media division. I worked for a basketball league running their digital media and social media. And really like, you know, like Ben said, I was, pissed off as well and started making these videos just kind of out of frustration they kind of came about the funny thing is Midas Touch actually started as a blog and the three of us came together and we said 
how could we get our voice out there and, and try to make a difference? Maybe we could write articles. Maybe we could do X, Y, and Z. And so we started it that way, but then we started putting together these videos and they just kind of immediately caught on and we went, okay, that's it. That's, that's the thing that's going to, you know, make a difference. That's the thing that's going to get us to the next level. That's what we need to be doing. And so we just kept hitting that and hitting that and hitting that. And so it basically started off with kind of on my personal account, a little joke. If you remember the famous Fauci facepalm moment yeah. uh, behind Trump, I just, as Oh, I was joke, there for that. I remember you're in the You're in the room sh shouting at Trump yeah. probably from the, from yeah. the back of the press room. Um, and so I had put a clip up of Fauci with the Curb Your Enthusiasm music just as a little joke on my personal account. And the clip just kind of took off and went viral. And that was sort of like the seeds of Midas Touch in a weird way, even though I didn't know it at the time. But then we started making these ads. And the first big one was we took Ronald Reagan's debate performance uh, where he asked, are you better off than you were four years ago? And we worked an ad into that. And that kind of immediately went viral in, in a big right. way. I mean, not viral in a way where right now we'd be super impressed with it. But at the time, like I, I went to make some lunch, I came back to my phone after posting it and, and my phone was blowing up like my notifications. I, I know that crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the hell just happened here, you know, and so then it was just like, okay, that worked. How do we replicate that once, twice, five times, 10 times. And how do we know, how do we let people know that, okay, what you're seeing here is a Midas touch video. And also, you know, what's the legality of us doing this? Are we allowed to just influence elections? Like not being a group? Like, do we have to become something now? Do we have well, to- That's why you have your brother, the lawyer. Oh exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, 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 I was Googling. I was Googling. What is, this? What is a super PAC? <laughs> that's how it started. <laughs> my, my, I guess, Jordy, is, the question I want to ask you is the youngest of the crowd. I mean, I've heard from your two brothers that you didn't, you never expected to be involved in politics. Uh, but are you happy you are? Definitely. Definitely. I think one of the things that we're happiest about is we're all, you know, we all come from our unique backgrounds, right? We all bring our different skill sets to the table. And the fact that we are able to actually do something to make a difference and what we truly believe is to, you know, better democracy and to better this world. I'm stoked. I couldn't be happier doing what we're doing. Well, and that leads me back to you, Ben. You had, uh, you're the lawyer of the group. When, what's wrong with our democracy? What do you think's wrong with it? Uh, I think our democracy is under attack by anti-democratic forces. I mean, that's what's wrong with it. I mean, you don't have two political parties anymore that fight for democracy and have nuanced debates. You have a political party called Republicans, who we now call the GQP, who are steeped in conspiracy theories, who are anti-democratic. They do not support a democracy. They would like to see an authoritarian president. They see what happens on January 6th and they support it or they don't, yeah. they don't reject it. And they're OK with that conduct. And if that's the litmus test, what's wrong with our democracy? One political party looks at that and goes, and the only problem is we didn't really succeed in what, what the ultimate plans were on January 6th, <laughs> which was genuinely to overthrow it. So that is that's wrong. We've had anti-democratic forces at play for quite some time, but it's reached its manifestation in a Qaddafi-esque figure who came to the shores of America in Donald Trump, you know, in, in, in the form of Donald Trump, which is, and it's shocking that he's the face of a political party now, but he is. 
Man, he's, uh, it's shocking me he's face of anything, but uh, that's just me. Um, but what I find encouraging is that, look, you guys are of the age. Well, I guess the question for all three of you, and I'll, I'll start there. Any of the three of you ever thought of running for office? Ben, start with you. Originally, yes, but that was in college and high school, you know, so I was the student government president of my high school. I was student government president of middle school, and I always thought I wanted to go into politics. I mean, I, I interned on Capitol Hill, but then I thought bastard. The more <laughs> it's, it's true, though, because when I saw it, I was like, yeah, is this really where, you know, what, what I want to do? And I became a civil rights lawyer because I felt the types of cases and clients I could represent as a plaintiff's lawyer, not representing corporations, but representing people who were injured, people who's, who lost loved ones in police shootings, you know, people who really need a lawyer. I just felt I could make a bigger difference there. So I pivoted there. Um, but now that we're doing Midas Touch, I, I can't at this stage, I know I'm giving you a political answer, like, at this particular moment, you know, I'm not. He's a politician but, already. Jeez, yeah. right. But, but, but no, I'm not a politician because I'm at least self-aware to say that. <laughs> well, the best politicians pretend they're self-aware. You know. So, so yes, he's running for president in 2024. Yeah. That's what I, yes, you're asking. I, I form, yeah. formally announced in 2028. Brett, no, what about I, you? No, I. Never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, I always thought it seemed like like some like the worst job in the world to actually work in politics, like as a politician. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but if you don't, the thing that encourages and well, well wait a minute, I'm I mean, I'm getting ahead of the game. I forgot. No, Jordy. Jordy, what about you? No, no, no. For me, I was you know I was a sports guy growing up, right? That's what actually got me into marketing, seeing how you know they used to market those Nike commercials. For me, it was all about that type of uh, environment and that world that I really wanted to break into. It was really marketing and advertising. Never thought about politics before, really. But what to do really, film and TV, you know, I wanted to be a director, a music video director, be like a Judd Apatow, be a Spielberg, you know, I mean, that yeah. was, that was where my head was at. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, I want to run for office. I thought that was like the most grueling, horrible thing. On the planet. I've worked on those campaigns and they are grueling and horrible, yeah. but, but what encourages me, and this is just the old part in me saying this, but being aware of politics and being involved, at least in the way that you are involved is encouraging because if we're not involved, if, if, if we allow the people who are the nuts to take over, we're going to, you know, we end up with Donald Trump. And so for so many years, there have been, you know, when people vote, look at the elections, less than 50% turnout. Most people just don't fucking vote. Yeah, it's crazy. And since this is a, you know, a <clears throat> podcast, I can say fucking, and God <laughs> damn it, it's a fucking pain in the ass to sit there and watch people <laughs> get elected and you know damn well more than half the people don't want them but they don't vote and so seeing you guys getting involved uh man does my heart go. Uh, i've always been most interested important in politics, initiative we have is a youth initiative called midas university where we have now 24 chapters and universities across the united states of america that are midas touch chapters that help create content and spread pro-democracy messages and we also have a high school program called Midas Varsity Blue, which is made up of high schoolers across the country who make content. So that focus on the youth is critical to us. Wow. And when did you start that? 
we started that probably over the, we, when did we announce it, Brett? Probably over the summer we announced that initiative and it's grown from one chapter now to the 24 chapters. And we'd love to be in every university by, you know, in the next few years. Well, if you ever do anything with the First Amendment chapter, let me know. I'm in with you, brother. Because that's That'd be great. You know, the hardest part of getting people to understand uh, uh, what's going on is the fact that, you know, free speech is being compromised. Uh, I had, there were two questions I asked during the presidency of Donald Trump that just floored me that I had to ask them. And first was, are you employed by Russia? Never thought I'd ever ask a president of the United States that one. <laughs> And I never thought I'd ever ask the president of the United States if he would agree to a, 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 you know, a peaceful transfer of power. Of course, I never had to ask a president if he thought, you know, in, in, injecting Clorox would cure the coronavirus. Right. There right. you go. So that's... And, by, and by the way, Brian, I'm not just saying this because I'm on your show. Like you were one of my heroes of the past four years in that briefing room because I would watch all these all these briefings and I wanted to tear my hair out. And you always got right to the point. You always shouted something out that made me at least laugh if they didn't answer it. Um, <laughs> and, and I was shocked at a certain point that you weren't uh, kicked out of the briefing room at, at well, they tried. after him and I had, I had read up on it and I saw that they tried and that they, you know, what happened? You not to turn the interview back on you, but you sued them. How, how did you yeah. I sued them uh, and won three times. That's fantastic. Um, and they, you know, they had to give me back my press pass and they hated it. And I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where Kaylee McEnany took a job with Fox and she's still bitching about me. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm like, damn, I'm living rent free in her head. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thing was, is I kind of like her, her, you know, her husband is a pitcher. I, I kind of like this career. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just the guy asking questions. <laughs> so what was uh, the what's the, what has been your favorite video i'll start with uh jordy on this one Jordan. Ooh, that's a tough one that's a tough one um i'm just gonna go with it was probably the one that really broke through and that was trump the snake <laughs> um yeah and, and i love why, that one. Why, why i love that one so much too it, it really showed just right off the bat the talent that that brett has you know at his disposal he really made this thing feel like a movie trailer um and it was just something that i've never seen and although I said, right, I, I had no political aspirations prior to Midas, you know, I was still politically conscious. Um, I've never seen an edit quite like Trump the snake. And I encourage anyone who, who hasn't maybe seen that to just literally type in hashtag the snake uh, on Twitter Trump and it'll pop up. Snake. <laughs> Can you find it on YouTube? For those it'll come up. It's, a, it's, on, it's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's, if you look up Trump the snake, it'll likely come up. It's a- Oh, I saw it when it came out. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> What's your favorite one, Brett? Man, that's a tough question because Jordy probably stole my answer right there. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, 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 Jordy. That's what but happens I, when you let little brothers go first. I know. What the hell, man? <laughs> uh, I, I, honestly, so if, I, if I'm not picking the snake, one of my favorites that we did was by Ivanka, which uh, was one we did about Ivanka Trump after she invited herself basically to give a commencement speech that she had been disinvited from for some university. Yeah. And she gave it on this bizarre uh, blue colored background. And it was the most fake presentation of all time and most tone deaf presentation of all time. And I, we were just, we watched it. And I think Ben was the one who texted it to me and was like, we got to do something with this. And <laughs> I heard the first line of her speech that said something like, I know you've been through a lot of hardship. I know you've had a lot of tears. 
And it was right at the time, like a day or two after that Trump was tear gassing protesters in Lafayette Square. And once I heard tears, I mean, that's where my brain went. And I superimposed that clip with uh, the tear gassing of protesters um, in Lafayette Square. And yes, I was there that day. I was tear gassed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and that video kind of fell together very quickly on its own and was super powerful and got like, I don't know, it has over 10 million views, I think, on Twitter wow. alone and like another like 4 million on YouTube. It's, it's, it was a, a really big one and I think uh, got under their skin quite a bit and, and made a lot of headway. Ben, what's, what, what's your favorite? We did a video called Pedo Trump and we talked about how Trump has pedophile tendencies <laughs> and uh, <laughs> crushed it. Um, My, we showed all the videos of him with, um, with what's his name, Brad? Um, Epstein. Epstein and, yeah. and him with his daughter. And look, at the end it's of the day. It's a brutal video. It's, yes, it's brutal. It is brutal. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like true like we were always like the fact that we can make a video like this and not be exaggerating shit is insane well, about the you, president of the united states yeah I, it was the best video because that's when they were going after biden for like hugging like just the weirdest you know the weirdest right. attack line on biden so we were like okay really fuck you here's pedo trump you know, you want to see a real pedophile? You're into that? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about Ben picking that one too is he's uh, Ben's always afraid that that's going to get us blocked off of Twitter. So he's always like, he's a, especially when Twitter started clamping down on, on content and was kicking a lot of people yeah. off. And Ben was like, don't post it anymore. Don't post it anymore. We're going to get kicked off now. We, we had our run. Everybody's seen it. In fact, YouTube took the video down saying it was inappropriate content, but I disputed it and YouTube put it back up. Like uh, It was trending. Hashtag pedo Trump was trending number one in the U.S. on Twitter. Um, Yo, and then they nuked, wait, and then they nuked it. They, they Twitter took it down because they didn't want pedo Trump. And then the next day we got Trump is a pedo trending on Twitter for a day. And then they nuked that. And then we got another alternative hashtag trending around the same. We just kept changing the hashtag. And for like yeah. three days straight, pedo Trump was trending in some form. I had like, a I'm super proud. Our videos have, have been viewed over 1 billion times since wow. we started. But what I'm most proud is like the hashtags that we get trending number one, because that would piss off Trump more than anything. Like oh, hashtag... Yeah. Like the diaper Don one, like destroyed him. Like that's when he went crazy and wanted to repeal the Communications Decency Act. That was us, you know, and having on. So they would all go wild when they would trend number one. So that was. Uh, that well, was they, they, and the thing is, he watches everything. I had, um, there was a video I had of Kellyanne Conway. And all I did was hold my, my cell phone camera up, record her while she was on the front lawn and ask her a question. And she went nuts. And it had like 3 million views in, in like, I don't know, a, six, seven hours. And then I got, they were all pissed off because I'm going, she said it. I just posted it. <laughs> you can't say this. You can't. I, go, I didn't say anything. That's I amazing. asked a question. She went nuts. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they watched everything. Everything. Yeah. And we were, we were very aware of that fact in, in Midas Touch and in crafting our videos and crafting our hashtags, we were very, and, and not all, by the way, not all of our videos were about 
you know, pissing off Trump and stuff. I mean, we had a lot of videos that were a, a lot more nuanced than were targeted at different demographics and different groups to try to sway votes in different and in, in sometimes specific places and whatnot. But, you know, there we were cognizant of the fact that Trump was checking Twitter all day long. And we definitely approached a lot of our videos and hashtags and things that we did with that in mind. Have you guys been approached by uh, Democrat? You know, I, I know you talked to Adam, uh, Parkmanco, but uh, yeah. have you guys been approached by other Democrats to work for them or to help out the Democratic Party specifically? Like uh, the early, early on, before we were a PAC, we were being approached by a lot of people. I, I'm not sure. I think the snake must have been out at this time, but we weren't yet a political action. See, committee. now there's a euphemism you got to be careful of. The snake is out. <laughs> I'm just saying. The <laughs> snake, especially on your podcast, Brian. Yeah. The, the snake you. was out. But, oh, you know, it was a tough room. <laughs> But we, we had a lot of talks with groups early on when we were deciding what we wanted to be. And a lot of people kept trying to convince us not to do our own thing. Uh, you know, come work for us, come make videos for us, come, you know, we'll commission you to do X amount of videos a month. It's far too hard for you guys to make your own political action committee and have, it's going to take you at least eight years to even get any bit of relevance or name recognition. And oh, or shit. Yeah, yeah, we literally multi multiple calls like that. Like, you don't want to pay for lawyers and you're not going to want to do this and that. Let us take care of that. You do the work. Let us take care of the hard stuff. And every time we finished those calls, we were like, I mean, bullshit. Like, you know, no. Like, if we're doing this, you know, we want ownership of what we're doing. Um, we want control of what we're doing and we want to be in charge of the messaging. I mean, one of the reasons why we think our videos work is because we're not taking views of political political consultants when we're making our videos. We're doing it based on what we think is the right messaging at the time. And Jordy, what do you think of that? You, you, you happy with where it's going? Absolutely. There's no one else I'd rather work with on this world than my, than my two brothers right here. So everything that we're doing and every decision we've made, like we've got lucky along the way, but I'm just so happy with where we are and how we, to Brett's point, have that full ownership and control of the Midas Touch brand. Do you ever think you'd be working with your uh, two older brothers? You know, it was something that we always wanted to do. We grew up, we used to make videos growing up for school projects or just for fun. It's like, hey, this would be awesome if we could do this one day. Ben went the law route. Brett and I kind of stayed close with the video stuff. We're like, man, maybe we should do like a production company. What should we do? But he was in LA. I was in New York. And I just didn't see it actually going to happen. And then, you know, the pandemic happens and, you know, we, uh, we're all locked up. down. Yeah, we're all <laughs> locked down and we have uh, we have some time on our hands. Well, one of the inspirations behind doing a lot of this stuff, too, before we were a pack was like we were looking at the CNNs of the world and the MSNBCs of the world and all these giant corporations doing all their content via Zoom. And we were like, wait a second. So you're telling me that we could produce content that's just as good a quality of CNN? of msnbc like there's no so now there's zero barrier to entry here except for their distribution arm so we could if we could get guests on our shows if we could be making content that people like we could draw people in and our stuff's going to look just as good or better as the big guys and so when we started off and we're focusing more on the blog and interviews and stuff that was in, in our mind definitely well and, and ben what do you how do you see it going where do you, where would you like to go with this in the future i i'd like our pack to be a force for pro-democracy um, for, for decades and decades to come. You know, I, I want to grow this. There's very few unapologetic pro-democracy forces out there that criticize the anti-democratic forces 
the way the way we do. You know, you have the comedic route, which I like, you know, the Comedy Central types of shows. And there are elements and strains in that satire in what we do. But we are kind of, if a media network kind of took out the, 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 the bullshit and just directed its fire uh, where the fire should be directed, that's, that's who we are. So I'd like to see our political action committee continue to grow. And then we're growing out what we call the Midas Media Network. We already have a show that we produce that's a, a YouTube show um, with someone named Heather Gardner. And it's actually a really good, good kind of funny show that people could watch. Um, our podcast, um, depending on which week, is a top rated podcast and oftentimes is in the top 20 of all news. Um, so it's definitely resonating. Um, and we, we want to just continue to grow this thing and be here 2022, 2024, 2028. I think one of the issues is Democrats tend to be very quiet and then show up six months before an election right. and say, hey, we're here for you. This community, that community, remember us? And it's like, we need to be thinking 2030, 2045, 2050. Yeah. The, same, the Republicans built the federal I've always said that about the Democrats is that they are too short-sighted. We've got two parties in this country, one with no heart and one with no head. And, uh, you know, you can figure out which one's which, but. Look what I, the Republicans built with the Federalist Society. You know, yeah. The Chamber of Commerce. I mean, just over a very long-term view, people who rose up in that system, you know, in the 90s, who were there as younger associates for Bush v. Gore, have now been cultivated to be, you know, in all these judgeships and all these positions. And that happens, that recruiting happens very young and Democrats don't have anything like that. Um, and we need to, we need to be organized. We're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the future and where you'd like to go and uh, what are some of the biggest problems you've run across. Stick around, the show is Just Ask the Question. We'll be right back. Well, time to pay the bills, folks. And this one, I, I don't mind doing. If <laughs> Actually, I've actually used this. If this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time, come and make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself. All shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Okay, or maybe not. Maybe just a delicious festival. Uh, their deluxe grillers assortment package includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts. Right now, you can get this mouth-watering package. I, I've never actually seen a mouth water. Well, well, anyway, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. And we all need a good meat thermometer. And exclusive price only available to uh, our listeners. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code QUESTION into the search bar. Get a jump on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks. You know, Omaha Steaks isn't just a steak. It, it's actually a, a lot of them. It's a fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season with Omaha Steaks, guaranteed quality and safety with every order. <laughs> order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package today and you'll receive four free Omaha Steak Burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. That's just a great straight line I won't use. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type 
question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season. I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us are the members of the Midas uh, Touch, Jordy, Brett, and Ben Macellis, and they are, I'm going to get it right this time, Pittsburgh, New York, and uh, L.A., right? Or Pittsburgh, L.A., New York, Chicago, and overseas. and All, all across the country. All coming to you from everywhere. Um, and so as we uh, left, as we went into the break, we were talking about the future, and I guess uh, Ben's going to take this one. Uh, but where do you, do you see yourself with married to the Democratic Party? Or do you like the independence? As long as the Democratic Party is this, on the side of pro-democracy, then, then yes, that's a marriage. I like that marriage, pro-democracy, no, no divorces in that marriage. Um, if Republicans um, uh, find their spine, and fight off this weird QAnon, you know, authoritarian, anti-democratic side. I think that we should be open to good ideas. I don't think we should shut our ears because you have an R in front of your name or a D in front of your name. But right now, an R in front of your name means that you're a fascist, in my opinion, and that you want to destroy uh, American democracy. So now Democrats, the D stands for big D democratic and small D democracy. And that's, that's who I'm married to for the foreseeable future. Well, I, when you also look at the Republican party, it's not just the fascism that's frightening to me, but it's the fact that you have people in the Republican party, that are racist, misogynist, uh, white supremacist. And you can't forget the QAnon supporters who believe that reptilian aliens from the constellation Vega is running the country. I mean, these are some pretty seriously fucked up people. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, we were just doing some doing some tune-ups on the space lasers before we uh, got on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my space laser is in for repair. You know, I I bought it. Oh, in, I you know. I got I got a guy, Brian. I got a guy. So. <laughs> Don't you worry. We'll we'll talk about it after the show. I, <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> fell off a truck. My space laser fell off a truck. <laughs> Did you ever take serious the threats of, of uh, you know, we locked down the Capitol here again today because of the fear that QAnon was going to come out for March the 4th, but I never thought that would happen and it didn't. Um, did you all, ever, after January 6th and what happened, did you all think, wow, look, it, this shit's going to get real again? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we've always personally, and I'm sure you have as well, have been the subject of threats and you know very personal threats from that side i've got them in yeah i've got them in volumes (laughs) (laughs) and and and, you know they're they are uh they're similar they're very personal they're they're threatening and um but but no i i think that we have to be prepared that in january 6th there was a there was a time where the republicans can look at that and say, that's wrong. Um, They've looked at January 6th and basically said, how can we cheat better? How can we implement more ways to achieve the result without the optics 
but how do we get the same ends of being anti-democratic? That's the conclusion that, that I think most Republicans have reached from that experience. Most of us have friends that are, you know, you know, <clears throat> when I was growing up, you really didn't talk politics or, or, uh, or, you know, religion. Hell, you could barely talk sex. But, you know, I mean, all of us have friends that are on both sides. I have in-laws that, you know, I, I mean, they're serious, some serious Trumpers. But how do you talk to your friends, your relatives, your acquaintances who, uh, who seem to embrace the lunacy? Jordy? I try not to do it with a, I try not to do it with a wag finger. I try to provide <laughs> them the data. I try to tell them to watch the videos. I try to avoid the, the outward kind of fighting. Um, I try to let them know that there is a soft landing. We've, we've been, we've, we've been deep in the research of cult deprogramming. Um, the shame people feel who are attached to cults and the thought that they can't possibly reintegrate into kind of normal society because they feel humiliated. So try not to humiliate them, the individual. Yes, humiliate them, the leaders, the Howleys and the Cruises, humiliate the shit out of them. But the people we try to give a soft landing to, and we try to educate them with the videos and the content. I don't think someone's going to watch one Midas Touch video and then in 30 seconds go, you know what, I'm a Democrat now, or you know what, I don't believe this. That's not the way people work. But we hope over time we can chip away and have them ask a question and say, wait a minute, but I saw this, and then start doing some research, and then we can kind of pull them over in a multi-step approach. Um, but that's generally how we think about it. It's not going to happen overnight. How about you, yeah, and that's been the strategy all along, right? It's an, it's an always-on approach. It's not just the big lie that we have to keep calling out. It's every little lie that leads to that big lie. So uh, we've made, what, Brett, over 300, 400 videos at this point? Yep. And, and it's that constant reinforcement of, hey, can we just get them to ask that one question? Like, oh, maybe... Um, maybe I'm not on the right side here, or maybe I'm looking at this weird. And, and once we get them to ask that question, we have them. And yeah. that, that, it's, it's a long game. It's a patient game, but it's an always on game that the brothers and I are, are ready to play. Right. As far as personal interactions are concerned, uh, I just don't leave the house, Brian. I just, I just, I just stay <laughs> in all the day. I don't talk to anybody. Uh, I talk to my brother. <laughs> That's the truth. No, I, I mean, I, I don't, the truth is I don't talk to too many people on a, uh, on a typical basis that are deep into that world. But when I do, I, I try not to necessarily go there. And when I do, I, I try to do it in a fact-based way. That's not like Ben said, not wagging your finger and not saying, you know, you're stupid, you're an idiot, even if I might be thinking it in my, in my head. Oh yeah. Um, I'm definitely thinking, <laughs> but, but, but I, but I try to, you know, lay it out in a, in a reasonable way. And I mean, that's kind of all you could do at, at, at some point. I mean, at a certain point, you know, the person's going to have to decide for themselves, um, you know, where they want to take their life and, and their thoughts. You know, we could provide a, a soft landing for them to come out if they, if they so choose. We could provide them with the information and hopefully they could do the research the same way they did the research to get into QAnon or even just, you know, what the Republican Party is right now. Maybe they do that research and they find a different conclusion. For me, the hardest thing is, you know, I, uh, I've spent the last four years, in, as you noted, in the briefing room. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing for me, personally, is when someone tells me I didn't see or I didn't witness what I was actually there right. personally seeing. 
I mean, no, Trump never said it was a hoax. Yes, he did. No, Trump never said he would he wouldn't uh, peacefully transfer power. Yes, he did. You know, no, he never claimed that he would you know inject uh, Clorox. He, he actually made the motion. <laughs> I mean, when I was, I, I don't know how you get around all that. I mean, they're trying to deny that January sixth was done by Trump supporters. I mean, oh yeah, they tried to say it was Antifa. Which is ludicrous, and 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 it and, angered some. Look, I was there. I, I'll tell that quick story. I was there. I witnessed when I walked up to the White House that morning. I had someone threaten to kill me. Uh, I had more threats in the last six weeks of the Trump uh, Trump presidency than on all the other four years combined. And most of that was because of Kaylee McEnany telling uh, people that the Playboy reporter was deranged uh, for asking I was a misogynist because I asked Trump, you know, if he agreed to a peaceful transfer of power. So that day, someone recognized me and they had a Confederate flag and they weighed about 560 pounds. And they said they were going to chase me down and kill me. And I was not unless I was a hamburger were they going to be able to chase me down. But but I the Secret Service took care of that one. And then I went out and witnessed Trump's speech when he did invite them and encourage people to riot. Yeah. And then the the scene that will always stick in my mind was standing at the Capitol watching people crawl the wall. And I said to them, you realize there are steps 30 <laughs> feet away from you. You don't have to crawl up the face yeah. of the wall. And then one of them fell and honest to God broke their neck. And oh I couldn't, God. and I couldn't, I mean, uh, forgive me, but I actually did laugh because it was, <laughs> It was so damn it's, stupid. It's objectively hilarious. Well, it goes yeah. along with that uh, <laughs> of their their fascist cosplay, right? Like, why would they take the steps? In their mind, they're in a war video game right now, and they want to climb this because that's that that's their mission <laughs> in, in, at this time. Um, you hinted that's at fun. something though, which which I wanted to touch on too, and it's like I would say the secret recipe, if you would, with the Midas Touch videos, is we really do a great job of of taking the words that they use and just pushing it against them. So what, what, what Brett does such an amazing job of is, is, you know, Trump will be there, just like you're saying, talking about himself injecting bleach. And then Kaylee will come up on stage and say, he never said that. Before she could even get on stage, we have that video out there of him talking about this. And she can't even get that lie to the American people at that point. Yeah, well, they still try. <laughs> I also want to blame your colleagues just a little bit here as well, because they do, I'm not going to name anybody by names here, but some, some people who you might work alongside do fact checks of certain, these events. My I feel college? Like they, you mean University of Missouri? <laughs> your colleagues, uh, your oh, press. Oh, um, colleagues. But, but so, so, sometimes people do, um, you know, fact checks and things. And the hoax, for example, was a big fact check I saw going around that big organizations did and said Trump never said COVID was a hoax. And they try to take the words and they try to make like Arson. a... Yeah, they parse them and they try to get really granular with it and say, oh no, he was calling the Democrats fear of COVID, a hoax. I'm like, what's the difference at the end of the day? The Democrats were right to be scared of the hoax. So whether he's calling the virus fake or the fear over the virus fake, either way, he's kind of calling the virus fake in a way. I was like, there. Why? He called the virus a fake. Hell, he's, he told me the day before the first death, we have 11 cases and we're not going to have any more. Thank you. Yeah, and there's all this other evidence around it. And these guys said it multiple times. I'm just like, why are we like covering for people? And why do we let them say 10 different versions of the same thing and then say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so said this on one day. So it actually means he's against violence. But well, that's what really kills me too. Is like, you know, when I was, when I'm in that briefing room, I just try to ask questions that 
people want answered. And I get really pissed when I see people just playing that kind of game. And it, 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 it's ongoing. It's, it's an ongoing problem. Yeah, that's interesting. No, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> you, you just want to backstab a few people. Go, shut up. You don't know how to ask a question. Shut the hell up. Why we need more Brian Karams out there. <laughs> well, the White House don't want it, but. <laughs> but uh, what, do you all have fun putting these together? I mean, when you sit down, do you go, wow, this is really funny. We can't wait for this. It's great. Yeah, every moment we've done this has been, you know, while I think it's been rewarding and I think we've, I think we've made a difference in this space, we've all had fun the entire time. We get to work together, you know, three brothers, um, which we've always wanted to do. Um, we, we genuinely enjoy putting these videos together. We love the final product and waking up every morning to help and to and to help in a way there's no there's no real barriers on us right now i mean we control what what midas touch is and there's nobody telling us don't do that video or do it like this we don't do ever give that up <laughs> that that freedom is golden <laughs> it's golden. it's it's the best. I've never had it. I've never had it before. I've always worked for, you know, big TV shows or organizations with, with really stern leadership, uh, you know, who want, who you have to do things a very specific way. So yeah. it's been incredibly liberating to just be like, okay, I'm going to tweet this now. I'm going to make this video now. That's, and that's it's, the it's most the liberating thing for my job is being able to speak my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> that's, that, that's worth more money than you could ever yeah, pay. It's, it's almost priceless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get to know the brothers a little better. Stick around. <laughs> Coming back in uh, three, two, one. Hi, welcome back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us are the Micellus brothers, the, the masterminds, the masterminds behind the Midas touch, <laughs> the democratic response. And in some ways, uh, I've, I've seen more of the Midas touch videos than I have the Lincoln Project videos, though I know those guys pretty well. But for the people who know the Midas Touch, the people behind the Midas Touch, uh, we've already talked about your age and where you guys are from. But uh, I guess let's get let's get to the nitty gritty here. <laughs> I know. I know. Why, why, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely smart? terrified right now. <laughs> Who's the smartest of the three? Ben. I think objectively, I'm the smartest. I don't think <laughs> ben, 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 law school. Ben, very, very smart, quick on his feet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Ben. I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go Ben here. And who's the most socially adept? Again, I think me. <laughs> you think? Okay. Yeah, socially, <laughs> socially <laughs> adept. Yeah, socially adept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally me. I'm definitely socially. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, it's Ben. The most creative. I'm gonna go me on this one. I'm, 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 yeah, I go, I go Brett on videos. I go me on bigger picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, where's little brother fit in? What's he best? You gotta at? start. You gotta, you gotta start ask more questions. Who's, gotta who's ask. the most? Who's the most athletic? All who right, who's the most athletic? Who's the ladies' man? Jordy, Jordy, <laughs> Jordy, Jordy. Come on, on, Brian. I need some easy questions here. <laughs> Oh yeah, who's, Jordy can bench. Jordy can bench press the most ladies. Jordy's. Uh, Wait a minute, he can bench press the most ladies. No, no, no. <laughs> There's a comma there. Oh, no, there was a comma. All right. Yeah. Who's gonna pick up a guitar and play it? 
That's Brett. Brett's a ridiculous musician. And I think it transfers over to his editing skills. For yeah. It's Brett, really what kind of music? Um, it's funny. My, my music tastes kind of span genres. I'm like a huge hip hop fan, but I'm also a huge, like alternative rock fan. Really? Um, and so, um, it's kind of a bit of it all, but I would say hip hop is like my main genre that I listen to if I was like listening to anything, but honestly, just doing Midas touch all day. It's, I'm usually like listening to like the coffee house station on Sirius XM, just like calming music behind me and <laughs> classical music so that I don't like go insane. Rain showers for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, ne- I constantly need just like a, a mental shower from uh, all the politics. Yeah. Well, that's, I get the politics every day. It gets kind of, it, it kind of get, it can get wearing <laughs> very much. So. No doubt about it. So uh, you guys got a day off. Don't have to, you do anything you want for your day off. That sounds nice. What are you going to do? <laughs> Start with Jordy, the, the bench presser. This hypothetical day off is, is a really tough one because, like I said, we're always on. There's always something to do. I know, mm. but this is one day you got off. And, and there's there's no COVID. This is like 20. No COVID. Do anything you want. I'm going, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, going to, I'm going to the park. We're playing basketball. Get a good five-on-five run. That's it? That's it. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's just one day. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's a year. You can have a year off. <laughs> just doing one day. I'm trying to get it all in on one day. Um, I oh, think man, what you're so discovering, nice. Brian, is we really don't do things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're stuffing us with what, what what would probably be the easiest question for anybody is the most difficult one for. Oh my God, we do have one full day. I, I am, I'm stumped. I don't know what I'm the, fu- the funny thing is, though, you know, in, in the heart of the election, I, I would have people DM me and be like, yo, your life must be so crazy right now. And I was like, if you saw me, you would not think that at all. <laughs> like you would see me sitting in this room, typing away, making videos, making phone. It's really not all that exciting. Honestly, I, I really haven't taken a, a day off since we started Midas Touch, really. Like a full day off has not, happened um yeah but so what would you might, want to do yeah i mean there was uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, well honestly what i want to do is travel like but that's that's longer than one day like i love i, I like to got a teleportation device you can teleport anywhere you want where are you going you really I, Brett, Brett, you're I, literally like you're this is way too literal of interpretation of the question right no but, but that's what i'm gonna do i'm an overthinker so i'm gonna overthink it um i i'd probably go to like the caribbean or something with my wife and, and hang out on the beach and chill for like a chat. That sounds very nice. You have kids yet? No, no, thank you. I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh, a dog. No, I got a, no I'm, thank you. I'm good. I got a dog named Mochi. She's cute. She's a Shih Tzu. That's my daughter. And that's, I'm sticking to that for now. <laughs> oh, you poor man. <laughs> Wait, do you have the kids? Ben, what about you? Where, where's your day off, brother? I teleport to Aruba, and because oh. I'm the most socially adept, I probably throw a bunch of party, <laughs> throw a bunch of parties on the party. island. Party, party man. People. Party <laughs> All right, I'm in for the party. I don't know about the Shih Tzu though. That's, what about the five on five basketball run? Five on five. All right, that's good. But then I want to hang out for the party at night. Yeah, yeah. We'll catch a beer after we play. It's, yeah, it'd be really social. As long as, you know, the thing I miss the most, I don't know about you guys, but God damn, I miss being able to, to work out, you know, a lot. Just being able to, because I've gained weight just doing this shit. I mean, instead of actually out doing, I only get out of the house once a week to go to the White House. 
And that's not exactly a, a workout, except a, it's a mental challenge. <clears throat> but I miss that. I miss the interaction with other people. Yeah, the funny. Yeah, thing you know, was- before COVID, I was doing these ten mile runs a day, and post COVID, it's it's really it's really hard. You know, it, 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 you got to stop running. When you stop running like that, you start like my legs started hurting. Like you know, it, it was a whole. Old. There's a whole lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he's gonna blame everything up on you, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna blame everything on COVID. (laughs) Yeah, it's all COVID. Not that I'm in my yeah late. Your COVID is the Republicans' Green New Deal. That's what I miss is playing in a. I play in a rock band, and I miss playing out. That's a lot of fun that I miss out on is doing that. Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you play? Uh, I'm the lead singer and play guitar, but oh, look at that. Yeah, I'm just I have to do a Zoom uh, jam sesh sometime, Brian. Hey, man, anytime, anytime I can play. I mean, we were gonna actually uh, our first rehearsal in uh, many a month was is next Thursday. We usually oh, do nice. Thursday nights, you know, for and we do it now out on a porch of our one of the guys in the band is a judge, which is really good because the band consists of a, a lawyer, a judge, a reporter, and a drug dealer. So we're all really good there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just out? Did you just out the drug dealer? <laughs> no, 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 he's well known. Because <laughs> by, by process of elimination, I think we could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's he's a legal weed dealer, so no, okay, like, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's it's legal in D.C. and you know he comes um, well well prepared for a night of partying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, J-A-T-Q podcast. That's J-A-T-Q podcast. Again, that's at J-A-T-Q podcast. Where do you guys want to, where do you see yourself, you know, 10 years from now, what do you want to be doing? Brett, you know, it's, it's a great question. I want, I want to be doing Midas touch for a long time. I want Midas touch to be something that lasts. And like Ben said, be a big deal, not just in this election cycle, but be a big deal in, in 2024 and 2028 and 2032, just, just constantly. And I think a part of that is building the Midas touch on the pack side into the biggest pack out there. There are packs right now that raise hundreds of millions of dollars. I think what we have done as a political action committee on the budget that we had, on the donations, the small dollar grassroots donations that we had, I think we were extremely economical and resourceful and made maybe more of an impact than anybody on a per dollar basis. And so I wanna see that expand and I wanna expand in a smart way. But I think if we were that big, I just think the difference that we could make in this country is vast. And so I wanna see that continue to rise. And I want the media elements of the company to be a a major player. I want the Midas Media Network to be able to compete against the biggest media companies out there, Um, whether it's, you know, Fox News or CNN or or, or any of these. Um, And we have our podcast that we're doing right now, the Midas Touch podcast, which is doing really great. I want to continue to grow that. And I want to bring a lot of other media into the fold, you know, whether it's 
you know, I could go back to my roots and do TV shows and do movies and, and we could have a whole sort of production arm where we're doing stuff that has our beliefs behind it um, just on a, on a large scale and have what we built now be the base for, for that long-term kind of goal. How about you, Jordy? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a world where Midas Touch doesn't exist in my lifetime anymore. I just think this thing's going to be around for a long time. And one thing that we didn't really get to touch on here is the community that we've really built around Midas Touch. They refer to themselves as the Midas Mighty. And in fact, if you go to Twitter and you type in Midas, you'll see a bunch of folks who actually change their Twitter handles to Midas underscore Eric or Midas underscore Stacy. And it's just really awesome to see. So we really brought people into the fold who are dedicated and as passionate as we are. And, you know, we can't stop because what would they do then if, we're, if we stop? Right. Well, that's a good point. How about you, Ben? It, this is kind of, I love doing this. I mean, this is, as an advocate, as a lawyer, um, the same types of cases that I take, the same way I try to help people there, this is a way to help people on a really big and grand scale. And I've been fortunate to have clients on the legal side who let me do this. I, I donate all my time to Midas Touch Pro Bono um, and I've given everything I've got to this entity um, to, to grow it to where it is right now. And so I want to see Midas Touch be a force um, for positivity in the future. And I don't think we have a choice. I mean, when you look in a lot of these states and you look at even QPAC or CPAC, what we call it QPAC, like very frequently Midas Touch is the only group or the main group on the ground or always one of the main groups. And it always surprises me that three brothers, you know, who can efficiently utilize the budget that we have can project this outsized presence um, in these, you know, in these states. But I hope that also inspires other groups to see what we've done and say, I can do that too. And I should be doing that too. And so I hope part of our legacy is others look at us and say, let me be a version of Midas Touch. Let me not sit on the sidelines. And I hope that's the inspiration people can draw from what we've built. I, I like that inspiration. I actually love anything that gets people up off their ass. I get asked all the time, what can I do? What can I do? And I say, the minimum you can do is vote. I, I can't tell you the number of people I ran into, even, even the ones that showed up for the insurrection, who said they wanted to restore democracy. I said, did you vote in last election? Well, hell no. There's no use in voting. I'm going, what the fuck are you doing here? And when you want to replace, you want to tear down a democracy, what do you want to replace it with? A representative government. Well, what the hell do you think you got? Yeah. You have to actually, but to have a representative government, it has to represent you. You have to be involved. So I always push people to get involved as much as possible. The minimum is registering to vote and voting. And then, you know, volunteer to, to show up at precincts and be a precinct captain, uh, you know, show up to get people, drive people to, to the polls, uh, push your legislators to change legislation to make it easier to vote. Hell, there's no reason why I can do anything I want on a phone today. Why can't I vote? Why can't I vote that way? It's easy enough. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I see all this great, this great legislation with HR1 and everything that is looking to expand voting rights. And then you have a party that's trying to constantly clamp down voting rights and not allowing you to yeah. 
give out waters at the polls. I mean, how, how cruel is that to not want to allow people to drink water on a pole line? Like, well, they shouldn't be drinking water. <laughs> you know, uh, don't get I mean, me started. I've had to interview these people, and I, I see this eye. This is how I look after about thirty seconds of talking to them. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, but, but I'll say I'll say this about those sorts of policies. I I think it backfired on them heavily because of the people who you saw at the insurrection who didn't believe in voting. I mean, I think part of that contributed to why we were able to win Georgia. I think yeah. there were people who, who sat home and we also certainly played into that a little bit at, at Midas Touch, which, which we could tell you. A, a so my, that takes me to my final question for this evening. Are you guys going to be busy with the midterms? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, Good to already, hear. Already getting started, already, already getting ramped up. I mean, we think we got to get started, you know, now. Framing yeah, you people, do. Framing who people are, um, and we already have gotten started. But if if we don't, then we're going to wait for all the other. Take out Rand in. Paul. Jeez, <laughs> oh, oh, there are some states where you just look at all their senators and all their like Kentucky, um, Texas yeah. is one of them, and you're just like, ugh, like who are these people? Like these yeah. are your these are the people you're picking. Like Rand yeah, these Paul, are the people that always got McConnell? picked always the guys you know and now they're getting even with the world (laughs) i think of i think of ted cruz when you said that no like well when i think of ted cruz i think of i just think of him running away to cancun i just that was so apropos (laughs) bye bye teddy (laughs) anyway i thank you guys for being here i hope you guys can come back uh it was enjoyable hour. i i really appreciate you being here uh the name of the show Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> the name of the show is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.